0: good morning international christian fellowship rome and online campus pastor jennifer here i am so excited it is summer in italy and it is summer maybe winter wherever you're watching from on your continent but today i want you to lean into the worship i want you to lean into the ministry of the word we truly are complete in jesus christ so i want you to have a fabulous service Wherever you are, if you can, stand up. Worship with the worship team. Say to the Lord, God, I want you to speak to my life today, and I know he will. Let's have a wonderful service together.
1: Oh, I didn't hear you. Good morning, church. Yes. I'm always happy to be in the house of the Lord. We have seven days in the week. Uh, five days, I go to the office. Saturdays, Sundays, I get to be in the church, and I'm, I'm always very glad to be in the presence of the Lord. So... First of all, I'd like to say welcome to our online campus on behalf of Pastor Jennifer and welcome to all of you. We have been talking about completely chosen for the month of July, and today happens to be the end of July. So I'm going to share a story with you. There is an actor called Keck Cameron. He grew up as an atheist, and so he did not believe in God. He lived life as he pleased. At age 14, he landed a role in a sitcom by ABC called Growing Pains. Maybe those of you who are seniors in the house, I will not say old, those of you who are seniors in the house will know Growing Pains. But you see, gradually, Growing Pains became a hit, and this young man became so popular, he traveled around the world, he met famous people, and he felt like he had everything. But he met a man who changed his life. And this man happened to be the father of a girl he liked. Now, if there's anyone you want to please, it's the father or the the, the parent or guardian of of the girl you like, right? So they had a conversation, and during their conversation, the man said something to him. He said, there's something that you still don't have, Keke. You have a lot, but you don't have the Lord. So, After after their conversation, he decided to attend church with this family, and he heard the gospel, and eventually he gave his life to Christ. What happened was, after he gave his life to Christ, he began to insist that storylines be changed to take out contents that he believed were not of good moral values or good Christian values. Now, some of you may be familiar with a movie that he starred in known as Fireproof. Is anyone here who has watched Fireproof? Yes, Fireproof is a nice movie. If you haven't watched it, make it a point to watch Fireproof. So Keck was in Fireproof. He starred in Fireproof. He's the one you can see on your screens. You see, he found an identity in Christ, and he decided to use his potential and abilities to promote the work of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for bringing us here together and for those those people watching online. Father, I pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit today, Lord, that your word will come to your people. Father, I pray that you replace our stony hearts with a heart that is willing to accept your word, with a heart that is willing to change and apply the word that you have for us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 So I'm going to, to tell you a story of David And a lot of people know the Bible character, David. We know about certain things that David did in the Bible. And I'm just going to focus on the early parts of David's story. So David's story began with Samuel. Samuel was a prophet. He was also a priest. And Samuel happened to be the last judge of Israel. So basically, we had Moses helping the, uh, the Israelites moved from Egypt, going to Israel. Joshua took over, took them to Israel. And then, and then after, after some time, they had judges. So judges ruled the nation of Israel. But then the people said, we don't want judges anymore. We want a king. We want to have a king like other people. We want a king. So God decided to give them a king, and this king was King Saul. But King Saul was a king for his own self. He did things as he pleased. So God said he regrets making Saul king. So this is what the Bible says in First Samuel chapter 16 from verse 1. I'll read from verse 1 going. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Since I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, how can I go? If, hears a, if Saul hears about it, he will kill me. So if you think about it, you have a king, and then the, the, the same person who anointed him as king is being asked to go anoint someone else as king. That is like starting a civil war. And then the Lord said, the Lord said to Samuel, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons. And I want you to pay attention to this. He consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So now he's met the sons of Jesse. He's consecrated them so he knows what the next step is. God is going to show him who to anoint as king. But the Lord, but, sorry, verse 6. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought surely surely the lord's anointed stands here before the lord wow what a man he saw he saw eliab he saw the stature of eliab he saw how handsome he looked he saw how tall he was and he said yes this is this is the king but the lord said to samuel do not consider his appearance or his height for i have rejected him the lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord does not look at things people look at. You see, the Lord sees something distinct about you, and that is the identity you have in Christ. Now, I don't blame Samuel for thinking Eliab was a, the selected one, because if you read First Samuel chapter 9, there was a a standard because when he saw Saul, Saul was also tall, very handsome. That was a standard. That was what he knew. And Saul was the first king of Israel. So to him, he was expecting something like, like that to say, okay, this is the king. But God said, no, I have rejected him. You see, God's standards are not our standards. Amen? We have standards in our heads. We usually think of who can serve God. We think of who can do something for God. We have attributes and we have checklists and we expect people to check those lists for us to be able to say, okay, this person can be included in this criteria. But you see, who sets the standards? Is it other leaders? Your friends? Your family? Your teachers? Or God? Who sets the standards? the standards. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. You see, understanding your identity in Christ is an important part of our faith. It helps you to define yourself so you don't define yourself with the perceptions of other people. Better still, it helps you so you don't define yourself with a preconceived notion about what you are supposed to be. Sometimes we we, we define ourselves with past experiences and things that have happened to us. So today, I'm going to talk about passport renewal. I don't work for the immigration service, but I'm going to talk about passport renewal. This is my actual passport. And passport is a form of identity. Do you agree with me? A lot of people, I mean not everyone, but a lot of people use this to prove their identities, especially if you have to travel uh, across borders. You see, passports expire. And this passport I'm holding has expired. When it's expired, no, before it expired, I had to apply for a new passport, right? And what happens is when you apply for a new passport, they take your old passport and they stamp canceled in the old passport. Now, they don't care whether that passport has expired or is yet to expire. They stamp canceled. So when I applied for my, pa- my new passport, I still had some, some months, but then they still stamped canceled on this one because I had applied for a new identity, some of you are seeing the picture on your screens, wondering if I'm Filipino. No, I'm not Filipino. I know Komostaka and Mabote, uh, but I'm not Filipino. Did I do well? The, 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 the Filipino. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So you see, the they, they, they stamp canceled on this passport. And what happens to the old one? Because I have the old one, which has been canceled. What happens? And this is fascinating because when the old passport is cancelled, it's cancelled with all the stamps in it. The new passport they gave me was blank. The new passport you get is blank, and you start on fresh pages. You see, they do not stamp the new passport, the new pages, again, with your travel history. They don't. They just give you a new passport. When the Bible said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17... Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. All th- old, old things have passed away and all things have become new. This is what it meant. It meant that you have a new identity and your new identity hasn't got your old stumps. Amen. Yes, when I flip through the pages of this passport, I'm going to see my old stamps. Yes, when you go into your memories, you're going to remember some things you've done. You're going to remember some things you've said. You're going to remember some place you've been to. But you see, you have a new identity in Christ. And you have been chosen by Christ. So because of that, you are starting on new pages. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10 says, "Once." you had no identity as a people. Now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. Many times we do not accept that we have been chosen because we are holding on to the wrong identity. I'll say that again. Many times we do not accept that we have been chosen because we are holding on to the wrong identity, the identity which is no longer useful. Matter of fact, this passport I'm holding has been rendered useless. It's no longer my identity. You see, believing that we have been chosen by God is an important and basic part part of our Christian faith. I'm going to continue the story of David, and I'll read from 1 Samuel chapter 16, from verse 8 to 13. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, "Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? And you see, when we started, I said, pay attention to something. The Bible said that Samuel told Jesse and his sons. It didn't say some of his sons. It said Jesse and his sons to consecrate themselves. Meaning, when Samuel got there, he assumed the sons he saw were the only sons of Jesse. But he's gone through all the sons who were standing before him, and God had rejected all of them. So he asked the question, are these all the sons you have? And then Jesse said, oh, actually, I have another son. He, he is, he's tending the sheep somewhere. So I, I didn't think of calling him, right? And then Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him. And had him brought in. He was glowing, excuse me, he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Wait a minute. I thought God said he wasn't looking at appearance. But now the Bible is talking about the appearance of David. I want you to understand something. The appearance that God spoke about was to let us understand that it didn't matter. You could be king. And have all these features. But you could also be king and not have these features. These features do not warrant you being chosen. And so that is what the Bible was trying to say. And then the Lord said, said to, to Samuel, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. Now before I continue, I noticed something here about Samuel. He said, we will not sit down until he arrives we will not sit down until he arrives you see but then the bible goes on to say something else perhaps David was in a field that was really far from the house maybe that was why he didn't realize that someone as great as the prophet Samuel had come around because he was far away so Samuel decided that he was not going to sit until he saw David But if David is two hours away, then obviously Samuel is not standing for two hours, right? And that is my version. That is what I think happened. You see, he didn't settle for what God has not chosen. So he decided to sit and wait until God told him it was time to rise and act. I don't know who this is for, but you have been standing alone for so long By yourself, in your own strength. But God is saying, sit down. God is saying, sit down. And when it's time, I will ask you to rise. Amen. So Samuel took the horn of oil and he anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Full stop. End of story. Basta. Now, God does not choose the most eloquent. God does not choose the most intelligent. God does not choose the most spiritual, the most educated. He chooses you. He chooses you. God knows you, and he chose you. You know, sometimes we ask ourselves, did God really Choose me. Does he, does he know I can't do this? Does, does he know this is beyond me? Did God really choose me? Yes, God knows you, and he chose you. A couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Jen spoke about Gideon, and Gideon was the least in his family. But God was still able to use the man perceived as a nobody to defeat a great army. You see, God took David from tending the sheep to shepherd his people. The Bible says in Psalm 78 from verse 70 that he chose David his servant and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob of Israel, his inheritance. My prayer today is that God will take your occupation, God will take your gifts, your talents, and he will use them for his glory. Amen. And I have another question that I asked myself when I read the story of Samuel. The story of Samuel and David. Did David know what he was chosen for? Do you think David knew what he was chosen for? I want yes and no. The silence means you are not sure. Did David know what he was chosen for? You see, from the time Samuel stepped into the house of Jesse in Bethlehem till he left for Ramah, he never once mentioned the word king. And I find this captivating because David was brought in. He was tending the sheep he was brought in. Someone anointed his head with oil but did not say anything about the end result, kingship. He didn't say anything about that. So do you think David had a full picture of what he had been chosen for? You see, the use of anointing oil, as at the time, was to consecrate priests. If you read the, 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 the Bible leading to the days of, of Samuel and David, it was to consecrate priests. And it had, it, it had only been used once to anoint a king. And the king was still on the throne. So there was, no, there was no job vacancy. There was no opportunity for him because the king was still on the throne. So what was he being anointed for? You see, God sees what you do not see. Amen. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. And this is the truth I've learned about life in Christ. There are many situations and occurrences that you would not understand in the moment. But you have to put your trust in knowing that God knows what you do not know and he sees what you do not see. He is El Roy, the God who sees. You see, Moses spent 40 years of his life thinking he was somebody. And then he spent the next 40 years of his life as a fugitive learning he was nobody. And then 40 years discovering what God can do with a nobody. Your story isn't over yet. It just started. Your story isn't over yet. It just started. Amen. And as I bring this service to an end, I just want to remind you that God's standards are not our standards. There are many times when you have an idea of what things should be like. You have an idea of what things should look like. That was why Samuel saw Eliab and thought he was king. But you see, God said, no, I'm waiting for the one who is two hours away. I'm waiting for the one who is five hours away. He is king. So even in your absence, if God has chosen you, that blessing will be for you. Amen. Even in your absence, if there's something that is supposed to happen, God will make sure there is a wait and that thing happens. See, God knows you. He knows you by name. He knows whatever you've been through. He knows what you are about to go through and he still chose you. And you also need to remember that God sees what you do not see. One of the struggles we have as Christians is that we like to, and that includes myself, we like to know what is going to happen in the next step, right? I'm, I'm in Rome today, but I want to know what's going to happen in 5 years I want to know what's going to happen in 10 years and that is a struggle a lot of Christians have but you see God has a view that we do not have He is omnipotent He is all knowing all powerful God is El Shaddai he's El- almighty God is sovereign he's above all things He knows everything He knows your tomorrow from your today but you may not know what's going to happen just like David he came and he was anointed but he didn't know that he was being anointed to be king even after he was anointed even if he knew he was being anointed to be king Saul remained king for some time I'm sure there will be doubts in his mind am I still going to become king was this just symbolic these are questions we ask ourselves sometimes am I still going to have my breakthrough Am I still going to get the healing? Am I still going to be relevant in my family? Am I still going to be relevant in my society? Yes, you are going to be relevant in your society. Yes, you are going to be a woman and a man of purpose. Yes, God sees what you do not see and he's taking you to a destination that you have no, no idea what it looks like. Amen. Shall we all rise on our, on our feet? I'll invite the worship team at this moment. And I'd like to say thank you once again for our online campus. And I hope, we'll, I hope you join us next week and we'll see you. So yes, we will have our worship team lead us at, uh, with, a, with a song of, of, of worship. And I would like to invite our leaders if you may come to the front, and please, when you come to the front, face the audience. And i also like to invite the audience, please feel free to come to the front. All of you, everyone, just feel free to come to this area, and we are going to pray together. Amen.
0: I'll tell you what, the presence of the Lord is so real to change your life. So today, I want to invite you. To pray with me. Maybe you would say, Pastor Jen, the ministry of the word and the scripture today really challenged me to draw closer to Jesus. So, right now, I want to invite you to say to the Lord, I want to give you all of my heart. So, I want you to repeat this prayer with me, and then I want you to send me an email later and let me know I'm making some new decisions to go deeper with Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, come into my heart, change my life, help me to walk closer to you, Jesus, than ever before. I trust you and I receive your love and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. That is the best prayer you have ever prayed. And you know why I know? Because the Bible says, choose you today who you will serve. So every day you have to wake up and decide, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this day, in this circumstance. I also know that there are so many who have big needs. They have big prayer requests before God so I'm praying with you right now wherever you are that the Lord would surround you that in this very moment God I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would come and descend in that room of listening in that living room in that dining room uh, in that car God wherever someone is listening right now and that their faith would jump alive that they would hear you saying I'm not done I'm still working on it says the Lord I've got a miracle in motion for you so I want you to believe with the Lord. I want you to walk in victory, and I want you to know that the Lord is with you. And Father, we thank you for the miracle testimonies that are in the making that we're going to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I also want to thank you for being a part of our online campus. I thank you for your online giving. I thank you for the way you're investing in the way we invest in people's lives. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. And so I want you to say to the Lord, God, how can I do more for the kingdom of God right where I am, whether I'm online or on campus? There are so many wonderful activities. You need to check out the website. You need to click for registrations. There's going to be so many wonderful things that we have to offer this summer. You may go on vacation, but we don't take a vacation from Jesus. Remember, Jesus is with you wherever you go, and we must stay connected. So take advantage of online ministry and online giving to stay connected to what God is doing in you and through you with the body of Christ here at the International Christian Fellowship of Rome. I love you, and I know this is going to be a fantastic week for you.